The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is March 28th, 2018. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Giri, uh, Chris Featherstone coming along here shortly. Talking about the SmackDown, man, uh, one SmackDown left until WrestleMania. Last night, kind of a weird show. Uh, I think they were really coasting off the momentum of Daniel Bryan's return. We saw that in the opening video package. I think his promo was a highlight of the show. Some developments happened on the road to WrestleMania. But Raj, what did you think overall and how it sort of counterbalances a lackluster Monday Night Raw this week? A lackluster SmackDown. Uh, yeah. It's just a lackluster week on, of WWE TV. You know, you, you wouldn't you would think WrestleMania is two months away with uh, how little they're doing to get you excited in some of the other matches. You know, um, all these video packages and stuff they're doing for Ronda Rousey, they're forgetting that for the majority of the people that watch the product, that's not the match they're most interested in. Yeah. Um, a ton of people are interested in AJ and Nakamura. A ton of people are interested in Charlotte and Asuka. Uh, you know, um, Cena and Undertaker, you know, for different reasons. Um, and they're they're just, they're putting all their production values, everything into the Rousey stuff. And I, I just think it's just very underwhelming. Now, I think WrestleMania is going to be a great show when it comes. But, you know, I just thought uh, it was just lackluster. Like you said, Daniel Bryan was the highlight. And outside of that, it was kind of a really forgettable show. You have to figure they did the math, right? It wasn't bad, but it was forgettable. Well, it's like without them confirming Undertaker and John Cena um, Monday, they've done the math that we are near capacity enough in New Orleans that, you know, we're going to, we're going to play this out the way it's going to play out. Um, I mean, but look, I think they're overestimating the mainstream interest in Ronda Rousey. And then look at those interviews yesterday making the rounds. Um, I don't think she's getting that mainstream pop, that mainstream attention uh, as much as they thought they would. And I don't think it's it's going as well as they they planned. I think they are getting it. I mean, she is all over the place. If you do do a Google search uh, for Ronda Rousey, you'll see t- it's she's she's everywhere. Um, whether that's translating to interest in the event itself, we'll see. Rousey has a uh, a history of uh, overachieving when it comes to this stuff. As far as she'll have, they'll put her with an opponent in UFC that no one's heard about, uh, undercard that uh, people you don't even know who they are if you're a casual MMA fan, and it does gigantic business. So from that from that standpoint, look, I think they should put a lot of focus on the Rousey match, but. Also on the other matches, I think they've done a terrible job with Charlotte and Oscar. I mean, oh, definitely, uh, they had Oscar on Raw. I mean, Charlotte, fine, she's injured. Show a video package. Show something where you're showing like the two best women wrestlers of this generation. You know, of the last 
who knows when. And even if you don't think they are, sell it like they are and uh, have a video package just because they have such a great production team. Uh, they could do something really cool with that, but they didn't. It, it's just you would forget that that was a match on the show. Well, you know, I've been meaning to say this anecdotally about Ronda. What I think is interesting is with her UFC fights, I would see those stories everywhere. Since she's joined the WWE, um, I mean, yeah, I see it on Deadspin, ESPN, SI, those outlets. But I haven't seen it on Deadline Hollywood. No mention of her being in the WWE. I haven't seen anything from a non-wrestling-related subreddit hit the front page of Reddit the way a Ronda quote or a Ronda story would in the build-up to a big fight. It is kind of weird. I think the WWE is sort of tainted still in some media circles and they're just not reporting on it it for sure is i mean there's a difference between wwe online where sports illustrated will report it online or espn and when you actually see it on espn Mm -hmm. um but uh she is on espn and you know an oscar or charlotte won't be so yeah it's a shame they can't find a way to put that well not with this match with later matches i think they'll be able to use ronda to put charlotte over with a mainstream more sports-centric audience by doing a hell of a feud between them well you always got to remember wrestling is wrestling it's not real so there's always going to be that there's <laughs> Which always is so weird that. right well and it has kind of you know a lot of sleazy stuff they've done in the past with you know terrible storylines and stuff like that that people still think of that so yeah. um there's always there's never going to be a giant mainstream accepted. It's never going to be accepted like UFC because UFC is a real sport. Even though UFC has a lot of uh, it, it, UFC won't be as accepted as basketball or football because of you know you see someone elbowing somebody somebody bloodied on the you know on the ground. Yeah. Um, you know that doesn't appeal to everyone. So anyway, yeah. Uh, the, you know what was interesting? Uh, the Daniel Bryan return. I'm actually surprised how that. Seems to, I think that's going to bring back a lot of casuals and lapsed fans. Um, you know, like I just shared that on my personal Facebook and there's friends that I knew that I did not know that they had any interest in wrestling and they reacted to that story because they remember him from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be a really interesting. I mean, you could see with Shane, the, the announcement, the, the announcement, they announced it, but you could tell they're not a hundred percent sure. That seems pretty hundred percent, man. I mean, to, uh, well, they they said like pending that he's okay, pending that he's able to make you know that he's healthy. We think he'll be okay, and you know is what they were saying. Yeah, so we'll see next week. I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, how can he do, how can he wrestle with diver, diverticulitis? There, there's different phases. So what Brock Lesnar had, where he was you know deathly ill, that's a very severe case. The diverticulitis doesn't you know only. Uh, results in surgery if it's uh, very serious and Shane's surgery was not for diverticulitis it's for this uh, this hernia that he's going to have so I I mean I'm guessing you know a lot of people originally thought it'd be the other way with Shane taking you know (laughs) you know handling the bulk of the match and Daniel Bryan coming in for spots because he hasn't wrestled in so long but I think it's going to be the other way right now with Daniel Bryan uh, working most of the match and and Shane picking his spots. But, you know, look, he's a McMahon. They want him on the card. I'm sure he doesn't have to go through the same clearing processes as, uh, you know, the other talent. But we'll see. Yeah, I hope he's okay, man. I mean, to hear you and Matt Morgan talk about it the other night and how serious and severe 
um, that can be. It's just night and day difference to showing the photo of him. Now, granted, he had an IV stand next to him, but he's smiling. He's with his kids, standing up, fully dressed, not in a hospital bed. Um, I was surprised, man. You know, I think uh, they're going forward with this, and maybe next week something will happen, or maybe something will happen before the match. But that was surprising. But really, aside from that development last night, and we we can go segment by segment. I mean, yeah. Man, that first okay. So we come out of that Daniel Bryan recap, and Bobby Roode and Randy Orton versus Sunil Singh and Jinder Mahal. Now Sunil Singh couldn't uh, compete in this last night, so he's replaced by Rusev. Why on earth did this match go on for the first half hour of the show? Like, like <laughs> I mean, that was absurd. The first hour was almost nothing. You know, you had you had this, which is probably the least anticipated match at WrestleMania other than the Cruiserweight title match. Well, more now with Rusev added to the match. Right. And, and then you had Becky Lynch and Ruby Riot, who are just in the Battle Royal. You know, again, it's it's uh, but then again, SmackDown isn't overly represented as far as matches on the main card. But um, I, I, I don't know. It just uh, it just felt like a, a lot of just time killing uh, time, but I mean, as soon as Rusev was in the match, I think it was pretty clear that this was going to yeah. be a way to get Rusev in. Good in on the- creative for recognizing the fan, the fan support. I mean, it would have seemed absurd to put him in the battle royal. I mean, clearly he he wasn't going to win the battle royal. That's I think part of why they made this move. Yeah, um, I mean, he'll he'll probably be the most over guy in this match, and that's with Randy Orton, right? <laughs> I mean, Randy Orton will get the big pop coming out, and he'll get the big pop for the RKO, but I think during the match, uh, they'll be mostly in Rusev. Yeah. And that he's uh, the heel <laughs> with two other baby faces. Crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Now, I think- the heels have been winning every week. You know, Jinder's been beating yeah. Orton left and right. Uh He's been beaten rude, uh, and then Rusev beating who, – who did he pin here? He pinned Orton, right? Um, yeah. So I'm guessing Orton probably retains here. Um, oh, but yeah. I'd really love to see Rusev win and, and then yeah. start to give him something because he's – you know, regardless of if you think Rusev Day it, – it's more Rusev Day than Rusev itself as far as what's catching on. Uh, Rusev can catch on because he's got – he's really funny. He's got a lot of charisma and uh, – I, th- I think that could translate. So just give him the ball and let him let him at least run with it for a bit and see. Yeah, I mean, look, SmackDown needs more top guys. Absolutely. I mean, and desperately. We'll see what happens with the the draft too, or the shakeup, or whatever they're going to call it. But yeah, uh, traditionally, it usually makes SmackDown weaker, as we we saw last year. Yeah, but Randy and Bobby Roode, man, that was just. I mean, it's not even a feud because I mean they're both faces technically. Yeah, and they're just, or you know, we've said this, I feel like we say this every week. Rude needs to be a heel. Um, Orton, I, I feel like he just needs, he needs something. I don't know if it's being put in a tag team for a while, um, but I, I just feel like he's kind of been in the same role. Even if you turn him heel, he's kind of been doing that forever. Just something, something new. And you kind of were getting that when he went with the Wyatts, even though you could tell the ultimate game plan was for him to turn on him and, uh, and feud with Bray. But I think he, 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 at least it felt different with Orton for a while there. And I, I feel like he needs something like that. Yeah. So we went from that match to a couple backstage promos. Rusev saying he was going to ask to be added to the Fatal 4-Way. That happened. They announced Shinsuke Nakamura versus Shelton Benjamin for later in the evening, which... I get it. Better match than it sounds like. Um, but yeah, that's, that was an interesting main event. 
Uh, I mean, one yeah. I mean, it's Shelton had an amazing match. You know, in the past, one of the best Raw matches I've seen was Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. But the level he's been pushed at. Yes, the way he, they're treating him now, it, like Shelton Benjamin in the main event. Right, exactly. It, I mean, it's one thing if they had been, you know, pushing him at a higher level, having him getting some singles wins here and there. But two weeks from Rainia, the challenger, they sh- I felt like they should him with someone stronger. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Chris? Hey. What's going on? What's going on? Can you hear me? Hey, man, you got Matt Morgan's internet connection. What's going on? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. It was cutting out a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, you're cutting out. You're cutting out, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting power outage in my state of and my oh good all. I'll try. Again. Can you hear me? Okay. Now? Yeah, yeah. Try it. Try it again. Right now, you're cutting out. Okay, I'll try again. Right. Okay. Uh, so Chris uh, needs to escape the matrix there. Get better <laughs> connection so we can uh, all hear him and enjoy his insights here. Uh, yes, yeah, so with Sean Benjamin, you're absolutely right. The way they've been booking him, it seemed like a what, and then you, exactly you had to remember back, like oh yeah. Of course, this, this could be really good. Um, so Shitsuke asked, not, uh, Shitsuke asked uh, AJ to be in his corner for that match, knowing that Gable would be in Benjamin's corner. Then we had Becky Lynch versus Ruby Riot. You know, as far as a women's match, any other week, I think this would have made a lot of sense. They're obviously trying to set up some of these rivalries for the women's battle royal. Good on them for doing that. Um, but yeah, just no real consequences. Uh, I will say, though, hey, Becky got two wins in one night last night. So everyone that feels that she's been underutilized and buried, it was, it was a good night for Becky fans, if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, the match was fine. Uh, it just, again, like, you know, like we, we like we said, uh, last smack, second, to last smackdown before mania. I just feel like you need, you need more. You need to be selling these, these top matches. Um, well, and this Liv Morgan so, taking yeah. that bump to being tossed Ooh. over the top rope. That looked, I mean, that was a hell of a, have a bump for her. but um i thought the match was good but it, like you said it just wasn't the right week hey chris there we go is that better absolutely all right part of my matt morgan there <laughs> you're the blueprint, <laughs> blueprint <laughs> that's right it's uh i have a power outage here in ohio like five minutes before i was going to go on air and it's still out uh and they just let me know that it's back on, so uh, I might have a really better, much better connection here in just a moment. But I'm I'm here and ready to go. All right, sounds cool, good. man. So uh, we were talking. You didn't miss much, you know. If you if you missed SmackDown last night, you didn't miss much. Uh, but this Daniel Bryan <laughs> promo, right? Uh, came out in a cardigan and his new T-shirt, talking about Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who were not there last night, or at least not on TV. Uh, Sami Zayn tweeted that they were home watching this. The outrage um, and man, there's something weird there. I fired you guys, but now I'm going to challenge you to a match with me and Shane. Yeah. You win, you keep your jobs, you lose, you're fired. Um, yeah. Long promo, man, but the audience was into it. Chris, what do you think of this angle? Uh, you know, this is one of the best angles that I, I like in WWE period. I think and I'm a traditionalist. I'm all about long angles. I'm all about, you know, six months, it builds long builds uh one of my favorites uh 
uh, builds is WrestleMania five. Uh, the mega powers explode, mm-hmm. and so they would have the awesome promos from the control center from Mean Gene Oakland, and just I love these traditional long builds and. You know, stemming from Owen started thinking he was shafted and, and, and blaming Shane and getting Vince involved. And I mean, this this angle has been, what, about a good five, six months long. So, yeah, next uh, to uh, you know, Roman and Brock, this is the second yeah. biggest build for Mania. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to this match uh, more than perhaps any any other ones. This is one of my top three matches I'm looking forward to the most. And what's interesting is that. There has been a long build, build, sorry, but it's also been accidental. Like Daniel Bryan legitimately wasn't cleared until right. last week. It wasn't like yeah. eight months ago when they started this that they were planning on Daniel Bryan and Shane versus Owens and, and Zayn at WrestleMania, even though we had been talking about it, uh, you know, pretty much ever since. Since I caught it here on this, I caught it here on this podcast, and Raj, you said no, there's no way. <laughs> I, I, said that, I said there's no way if he doesn't get cleared. <laughs> I said he will get cleared and he'll be back, and that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking on Monday night, um, uh, Glenn, with Matt uh, and, and Justin about how there are some wrestlers that you're just always – you always cheer for. And you kind of get behind regardless of uh, – you know, like regardless of if the match sucks or who, who they're against or what the storyline is, there's some some wrestlers you always cheer for. And uh, for me, growing up, it was the Macho Man when I was younger, and then there was The Rock, and now it's uh, Daniel Bryan. And, yeah. and and so when they announced this match and that step, all I could think of is, oh, man, that means Daniel Bryan's going to lose, you know, or his, him and Shane are going to lose because <laughs> the storyline uh, would suggest – that uh, Owens and Zane find a way to win, so they get their jobs back. And I don't know. I don't. I, I thought. I well. I thought. I thought Owens and Zane loses and they move over to Raw. That's what. That's the first thing I thought. Yeah, but usually, usually firing means you're gone completely. Like that's usually what they say with these firings. Well, not not unless you're John Cena, you come back the next week. So oh, any, it depends anyway. on who you are. <laughs> or Daniel Bryan turns. Oh Daniel yeah, Bryan. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were at the live events this past week. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's I true, think, yeah. I can see Daniel Bryan turning and you know being the third man, as it were. Yeah, I, I think he's right he's back. got so much steam as a babyface right now that yeah, it, but they've it, had him be a heel before. They have, and it didn't work. I mean, it worked. It worked before he became the superstar babyface. <laughs> yeah. But then, remember when he joined the Wyatts, and they had to drop that in like three weeks because it was. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I think uh, maybe Shane turns. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, that would be interesting. I just think this is one of those things. You know, they did this last time too. Last time Daniel Bryan was injured, uh, he, after he lost the world title, ha- had to be stripped of the world title. He came back. They did it on an, his comeback match was a nothing match on Raw where he lost clean to Bray Wyatt. And then he was thrown out of the Royal Rumble like nothing. And that's the one where they turned on Roman at the end, the, who was the eventual winner. But um, I, I just think the, the – the big pop, the big feel-good story is Daniel Bryan winning, you know, pinning either Zayn or Owens and, you know, yep. getting the win with the S-lock. I mean, that's, maybe they're going to Raw. I mean. Maybe. It wouldn't be the worst thing. It, it, I mean, they need, to do, they need to do something. I mean, if they move them over to Raw, I, I, I hope they bring, like, Rollins and Finn Balor to SmackDown because they, they, they 
Owens and Sammy have pretty much been SmackDown uh, as yeah. far as the entertainment Forbidden aspect Wars. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so we had the Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day last night. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers won by DQ. The real thing this match did was set up that it's going to be a triple threat at WrestleMania. Bludgeon Brothers, New Day, Usos, which is pretty much what we all assumed. Um, Chris, what do you think of this? Do you think the Bludgeon Brothers are going to win at Mania and get those belts? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think they're going to win. <laughs> but isn't that quite a brick wall, though, for this build? I mean, the Bludgeon Brothers, they've been building them a really long time as this dominant tag team. Well, again, I guess the theme of my uh, appearance here is just uh, tradition or tradition, as Matt Hardy would say. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think the Bludgeon Brothers are the heel utility players for a really good Uso and New Day babyface showdown. And I mm. and I think and I think it, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of the Bludgeon Brothers being in the match, but at the same time, they're the, you know, they're they're the the, the big heels that you know you have to overcome. And and you know, to be honest with you, this this feud hasn't been too bad. It's it's been pretty pretty traditional as far as just you have the 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 huge larger than life, uh, you know, dominant bad guy, big bad guy. Um, that gets fed to the the baby faces in the end. And so this is what that's what I see at Mania. What what I'd like to see personally is um, I'd like to see the New Day get that big WrestleMania win. I agree. You know they've kind of they've been like this top tag team, this top group in WWE for a while. They haven't had that big WrestleMania moment. I'd like to see them beat the Usos. They you know that would kind of put a a, a little uh, you know bookmark on their feud at least, mm-hmm. and uh, and then. The Bludgeon Brothers weren't beaten, so you do the Bludgeon Brothers and chasing the New Day after Mania. Perfect. But I, that's the way I would go with it. Totally, 100%. I agree with that. Yeah. We did get a video package last night, uh, the one we've seen before of Oscar and Charlotte building that up. Um, so Charlotte was out last night. Was it dental surgery? Was that uh, yeah, a so, – Yeah, something that happened last week, last Wednesday. She missed the live events over the weekend. Nothing serious. She's going to be back next week. She's wrestling in the Mixed Match Challenge, uh, so – uh, so yeah, so that's good because that, I think a lot of people were nervous when it first came out that she was out of the mixed match challenge match because of injury. Or she can come with a mouthpiece like Cesaro and Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be uh, something else. <laughs> um, and then, man, this was out of nowhere: Tyler Breeze versus Dolph Ziggler. You remember when this was considered like a, a dream match when Tyler Breeze was in NXT? Everyone would talk about like, oh, he should, he should come on the main roster and feud with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> it was a fine match. I mean, look, man, uh, Brazongo, both those guys are better wrestlers than you would think based on their gimmick. The match was fine. But again, you have Brazongo who have been job guys for the last, you know, six months. And Dolph Ziggler, who's been Dolph Ziggler. And we're too weak. I hate to keep bringing up this point. We're so well, close to Mania. For the Andre. Is... They're building it for the for the Andre Battle Royal. No one cares about the Andre Battle Royal. Why are we building that? Did you see Fandango sort of pelvic thrusting at the trophy when they came in there? <laughs> mm-hmm, no. TDE has a gift for that. I mean, you just look at it. It's just like, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I love. Uh, I love Rizango. I, love I think too. they're just. And, and, uh, I mean, they're. Oh. 
with Austin. I thought he was taking a dramatic pause. I know. I was like, oh. To, like, drop <laughs> a bomb. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Give me some knowledge, Chris. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you can't push everybody. You know what I mean? I, and I think that's uh, we we a lot of times people in the in the, the uh, wrestling world they 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 uh complain so much about somebody or you know wrestler x or, or player b not getting pushed but you can't push everybody at one time you know what i mean and i think if you uh if you're the gender mahals in this world if you continue to stay there and, and stay consistent you'll get your opportunity and they did last year you know when yeah. uh when new day was out and they were feuding against the uh the usos and they were super over um, if they continue to you know just be there, you know they may have another spot. Now, now I agree with you that you can't push everyone, but there's a difference between being pushed to the side um, and then made into an enhancement town. That's a that's a you know much steeper ladder to climb, and that's I kind think of where they to the side though. Brazango's been enhancement talent for a while. Like they they get no offense in a lot of their matches or very little. Um, they won at fast lane. Six man with Ty Dillinger. I was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did. They've had some good matches. I mean, not in a while, but they've had, I mean, even the comedy they did with, uh, what was that match? What was it against the Usos where they were in the disguises? Like, that was still, yeah. Yeah. that was good. Actually, that was very good on a level of how do you do comedy in like a real match? I mean, that yeah. was one of the few examples. Uh, We've seen going to those lengths, but I, I just I just think that right now WWE sees them in that Santino role, and yeah. mm. it, that's a tough role to break out of. Oh, you know, and I think Ty, I mean, I Ty to Tyler Breeze, I, uh, I think is in particular um, could have a lot going for him, and I, you know, I think Fandango is talented too, but um, I almost think they got to get out of this Breezeango team because WWE sees that at, at a certain spot. You think that he'll do better as a singles person than Breezango because it's Tyler Breeze? It just seems like his direction was even worse. Uh, yeah. I I think if he really wants to go somewhere, he has to kind of cut out a lot of the goofiness and the over the top. You know, when he was doing the uh, the Zoolander stuff. Yeah, want to uh, go back to being Mike Dalton in uh, you know, no, 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 no. Roman Reigns' partner. <laughs> follow Sean, try to follow Shawn Michaels more than you follow uh, Zoolander. And yeah, I but then what's Dolph Ziggler going to do? And everyone else is trying to. Copy Dolph, Shawn no one Michaels. cares about anyway. So yeah. it's 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 fine. I'm not saying copy Shawn Michaels, but you know, uh, use that more as your blueprint as opposed to Zoolander. It, you know, it's been a while since we've got sort of a male go-go dancer, male stripper character. Mm. Yeah, but how how often has that worked? What world champion? Well, <laughs> Michaels. Yeah, but you know, he also had he, he had an edge to him that he didn't come across as like uh, uh, just uh, a caricature. Yeah. Cool. I agree. Yeah. yeah, and then you have like the heartbreakers and um, um, what was it? Uh, Kurt Hawkins and Tyler Rex when they did their little uh, gimmick, you know, as a tag team, and it was just bad news. Well, that over-the-top, you know, uh, uh, narcissistic gimmick has been done probably more than any other wrestling character. Going back to Gorgeous George. Yeah, yeah, other than the Cowboy. And how often has it really, really worked? I mean, Rick Rude, maybe. Um, Adonis. Who? Adrian Adonis. Yeah, Adrian. Yeah, mm-hmm. but his was almost uh, sarcastic. You thought I was talking about Chris Adonis? Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
Yeah. Not that one. Yeah. There's, there's very few people it's worked for. And Rick Rude also had that serious side to him where he looked like he could beat your ass. Part of it, though, and I think it's better than Santino, is, um, you know, they talked about this. I mean, one was Southpaw. And two was when they did the stuff with uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella, like people recognizing that Brazongo are, are funny and they can actually they have comedic chops. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're two of the. Sure. I think everyone thinks they're they're funny yeah. and they're amusing, but it's there's, just a, weird, there's, there's a ceiling to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of weird, though, because they are both very uh, qualified, competent wrestlers in the ring that are capable of more. But no, I think it's their, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. There's very few guys in the WWE and men and women. There are very few of them that I think could actually have a career outside the WWE doing on-camera stuff, doing acting that could succeed in that business. I think Brazongo are two of those few. They could absolutely transition to something else if they wanted to, but in a way that's, um, it's getting them on TV, but yeah, it's uh, coming at the I expense. don't know. We don't know about that. There's a difference between doing over-the-top comedy in a wrestling backstage segment as opposed to acting in a TV show. I agree, but even Southpaw. I mean, look at what... Yeah, that's uh, also over-the-top, you know... Uh, but comedy can be as well. You know, actually, Like what? Like uh, what show is like, uh, you know, completely like, like that? Yeah, that's... that's mm-hmm. You know, normally you have to have a little more range than just you know, the, the stuff they're doing, but anyway, we're, we're spending yeah, a lot of time. Get on some Shakespeare. Let's do it on the air. Let's see, you know, what they've got, give them some monologues to perform. Uh, but no, I think uh, there's real there's, quick. What was the promo that was before the backstage promo that was before this, the flying words were back. Oh yeah. 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 Um, was that was it the, Benjamin and Gable? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they, the way they dropped the logos. Okay. So here's my theory about this. <laughs> they hadn't done the logo drop before on these you know who did do the logo drop or all those parodies that were made the rounds online when somebody did the pipe bomb or somebody did a hard times i mean i think this was production trolling the internet wrestling community with this promo last night Mm. (laughs) maybe (laughs) yeah i think that's the current trend for just those wordy promos um i'm looking forward to the the day that it stops and it's just like a it had stopped yeah, they didn't do it last week. They haven't been doing it on Raw the last couple, you know. But I thought I saw it on a mix match challenge. Though. They do it for mix match challenge, but I think it yeah. fits for that show. That show is just kind of filler, fun yeah, kids, yeah. you know. As kids on Facebook saying, and watch some. Yeah, <laughs> as Ed's would say, hokey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, with the, with the logo drop, that's why I was like, they're paying attention. They've seen the parodies that are going around. Uh, I mean, that had to have been intentional. So obnoxious, uh, which led to the uh, main event. Oh, Dolph Ziggler won. If you were wondering who won, Dolph Ziggler versus Tyler Breeze, Dolph went over <laughs> pretty, pretty convincingly. Yeah, and then uh, he, t- he took out Fandango after, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Shelton Benjamin was the main real event. quick. They showed uh, one of those WrestleMania uh, re- rewinds of Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat, and I, I still get goosebumps seeing that. Mm-hmm. That was such a I don't know. There's something very nostalgic about WrestleMania three to me and that match and Hogan and Andre and it was really cool. So. And, 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 on, and on, in addition to that, I was looking at uh, my, my favorite WrestleMania 17 and I loved the build between Austin and rock. Uh, it, it even made the, uh, the theme song uh, my way. I uh, just sound amazing. It would just do little, and it was it was incredible to me and i'm like man i wish i can have that now 
Yeah, yeah, to an extent. You know, like I thought WrestleMania 17, you had Rock and Austin on another level. And the, this was that was one of those cases where I thought WWE were they were trying to add a storyline. Do you remember they were trying to add the storyline with Deborah that went yeah. nowhere? And Had to manage the Rock. Yeah. yeah, it was so stupid. <laughs> it's like you don't need any of that. Just leave but it with Kurt Rock Angle. and Austin, these gigantic superstars, and that is yeah. ultimately what it ended up being. I think Deborah was completely forgotten about by the time it got to the match. But I think anyway. Kurt Angle was an amazing utility heel during that angle. I mean, he was just he was that third man throughout that those few months between Rumble and Mania that they would all always beat up and then like Austin would beat up Angle and then turn around and then the Rock has his little rock bottom stance ready for him and he'll tease him like Nakamura did yesterday with AJ Styles. There was a glimpse of that we saw last last night on SmackDown that I was like, "Oh, uh, that's 17 again, but it's nowhere near it, but at least we saw yeah. a glimpse of it. You know, thinking about the, that era, you know what I miss now in the age of the network is I feel like people don't have WrestleMania parties anymore. Like, it's less social now that you don't have to pay 60 bucks. Well, back in the day, like, the bars would show it. There were there were a few WrestleManias I went and caught. Like, there would be WrestleMania parties at, like, the local bars and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, like, Dave and Buster's and things would show it. But yeah, now with the network, they don't do that anymore. So yeah, because it's like well, ten bucks a month. I'm not leaving my house. I don't need to go hang out with people to watch this. But plus, those places don't have it. They're not yeah. signing up for you know hooking up their Apple TV on top of the Direct TVs. You know, right. God, it's so funny. I was I uh, tweeted out the link to that Boys and Girls Club charity auction the WWE is doing for the experiences. I recommend everyone to check them out. Uh, it's very cool, great organization. But I think I've told this story before. But man, I remember not even live like somebody recorded it on vhs or maybe even beta but i remember at the boys and girls club my local boys and girls club in alameda when i lived there like it was packed like super packed just to watch a, a tape delay recording of wrestlemania everyone like going into the multi-purpose room you know just to watch this i mean it used to be such a communal event yeah yeah closed you know, caption only back in the day like the first uh was the first wrestlemania was just msg would, house network yeah yeah they would theater theaters and they would just rent out theaters and hey watch it here so, yeah. yeah not so much anymore you know now i'm trying to i'm trying to convert casuals like oh you guys are free to stop by wrestlemania you know <laughs> yeah so i there was a couple of years ago i had a couple of people stop by they, they stayed for like an hour and took off <laughs> And, and just sort they, of shook their heads. They, well, no, it wasn't that. They just didn't know anyone. <laughs> and Rod was like, "Hey, guys, this stupid crap, the stuff you're you're judging me for, it paid for this house." <laughs> and it's, it wasn't stupid. It wasn't like they thought it was stupid. They just didn't know anyone. I mean, it's kind of like uh, they knew Triple H. I think that was the year that, yeah, that was the year that Triple H and uh, uh, Daniel Bryan wrestled. And uh, yeah, it was thirty, mm-hmm. but you know, in New Orleans. But yeah, uh, I don't even think they stayed till Taker and Lesnar. And I think that was kind of the reason they came. So. <laughs> wow. <Anyway. laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'll be curious to see uh, what gets traction. Actually, I wonder if the Daniel Bryan match will get as much, if not more, traction than the Ronda Rousey match this year. With uh... I, I think that'll have the loudest crowd reaction. Yeah, quite possible. Quite possible. So that main event last night, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Shelton Benjamin, AJ Styles uh, standing by should uh, some – hijinks ensue uh what'd you think of this match chris um oh chris is frozen in time in the phantom zone (laughs) uh raj what'd you think of uh the execution of this i mean really seemed kind of nothing compared to nothing i thought it was nothing um 
Again, Nakamura, he's, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, he's heading into WrestleMania. I feel like he should be getting some big wins, but you got, who, who, who are the big stars on SmackDown? All the real other big stars are kind of in the U.S. title feud. And uh, it's kind of like no one left. They don't really have that much depth. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, you could have done Orton. You didn't and have him beat Orton or Rude or someone like that. Uh, because you don't need to do that same, you know, that same angle they do with the Intercontinental title and U.S. title week after week where the same four guys, you know, kind of make you mix up their matches, but they're facing each other every week until WrestleMania anyway. But, um, yeah, I thought that was I thought the match was nothing. I thought the promo at the end was weak. Nakamura's big burn was that uh, AJ Styles is too emotional. What was that Corey Graves line? The like the final line of the night. Corey Graves said Nakamura just took AJ Styles' heart and put it in his pocket. <laughs> was like, like, what? That's some next level, huh? What a be- on, on one hand, what a beautiful turn of phrase. On the other hand, what did he actually just say? Yeah, um, like that. Oh man, this build has again. It's almost like. It'd be better if you kept them off TV and just showed video packages. They're not even. <laughs> I hate saying that, yeah. but it's yeah. true. They it, with every promo that they're doing, it just it, it brings my uh, excitement for this match down. I was super excited for it, and I will be by the time it 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 comes on. But this build is doing nothing because a friendly competition is a terrible angle. Yeah. For I mean, it is. It absolutely is. But there's a way you can do it. Um, yeah, WWE is just not good at doing it. They they kind of do that. Anytime they have two baby faces, it's always the same thing, where they're accidentally hitting each other, or uh, they're just showing each other up. But um, yeah, you know, like two guys really out to prove that they're the best, and you really like drive that home that these are the two best wrestlers, and they have been, and they've been uh, the best wrestlers for a long time. You get you get people, you know, you get people video packages with guys like Bret Hart talking about like how great these guys are and, you know, Shawn Michaels and, and how they can't wait and who they think is going to win. And, you know, there, there's a way to build that anticipation instead of someone just saying you're too emotional. That's why I'm going to beat you. (laughs) Yep. Chris, uh, are you excited, Chris, for AJ versus Nakamura, the way that they're building it? Uh, I guess as much as I can be, um, uh, I mean, again, it, the, the builds uh, aren't as exciting as they used to be, but I don't think it's been a terrible build. I think they've done a good job with AJ's injury, and uh, and I'm and I'm glad they kind of uh, played on that because I'm a big fan of not being too physical um, during uh, builds. That's the reason why I don't like uh, the past couple weeks of Brock and Roman. I think that that's terrible i just avoid the physicality as much as you can let the big moment be when you compete against each other at in the ring at the big pay-per-view avoid physicality until then and that's what they've been doing um which i which i do like so i do like that factor of it yeah i almost wish that they'd taken aj's injury and worked on the storyline maybe even now, granted, they can't do this with Shane and Daniel and what they're doing, but have them say, like, we don't know that you're fully up. Maybe it make them vacate the title, and it's going to be him versus Nakamura, winner gets it. So he's not defending, because that way at least AJ can cut promos like he's chasing a more competitive. The problem is they're trying to have Nakamura do this heavy lifting of telling the story, 
and we've talked about this before, he's gotten a lot better. I mean, like we said, we're all rooting for him when he's doing these, but I don't think he's going to be able to go out there and give, you know, two paragraphs of exposition and get the audience fully invested in it, not with uh, his delivery. At least. I just think, the prob- yeah, I think the, the yeah. storyline that would have worked for this was that AJ Styles has been wanting Nakamura for a long time. He's always been hearing his whole career how Nakamura is the best wrestler in the world, and he's been kind of chasing Nakamura. He got one chance against him and lost, and, he did, and he's been obsessing with that. And that's yeah. the storyline. You just that's sell right. that over and over and over. And, you know, you could have uh, – Baron Corbin on SmackDown tell AJ how Nakamura was his favorite wrestler or something, and AJ just loses it, and that leads to a match between. You know what I mean? But AJ's like obsessed with uh, being the best, and, and Nakamura is holding that title. That would have been good. Of. Like everyone backstage, the entire roster, even the Ascension, are like, "Dude, you're good, but you're not him." Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. As as long as it's as long as it keeps Nakamura off the mic, I'm fine with. Yeah, it. AJ should have been the one carrying the mic load. And he's the one that's chasing Nakamura, even though he's the champion. And I think there's a there's a cool storyline you could have done there. And I love Nakamura; he's one of my favorite. But I think they're 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 making his mannerisms so goofy. kind of yeah goofy, just just kind of odd, weird, eccentric in in a very bad way. Because like when he was talking to AJ Styles, talking about how sensitive he was, and he kind of did the whole little thing as he was pausing. I'm like, oh my goodness! Like this, you just made this the worst thing, and it was just the best thing like a year ago. Yeah, I think he's overdoing overdoing those mannerisms on the promo, trying to be too cute as opposed to intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you don't get this this feeling of this badass. You get this feel. He sounds like a kid almost. And well, yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny? Okay, so this is this might surprise some people. So especially compared to our conversation about Hogan that went on for an hour the other night. <laughs> um, so I've been seeing like a lot of really progressive wrestling fans saying like, "Oh, you shouldn't say Nakamura or Asuka are having problems with these lengthy English promos. You shouldn't criticize. You should be supportive. You shouldn't blame the WWE. You know, like all these things." It's like, no. Okay, first off, I don't blame Nakamura or Asuka. I do blame the WWE. Like, get yeah. them working with the best people. You know what? Certainly. Take your private jet fly them to each event so they don't have to spend time in the car and use that extra time to have them working with a language specialist that can help them on their enunciation performance and oh, delivery. it's not even that it's the way they're because asuka can talk she's proven that like, oh they both can talk when they're not scripted that's yeah, the, it's, it's the, the stuff they're scripting for all them. of this and the what the way they're te- what they're telling to put the emphasis on yeah it, it just makes it sound so corny that uh it's it, they they can do fine if they're given the right stuff. And it's so it's entirely the WWE's fault for one, the material they're giving them, and then two, not giving them the 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 slack to properly prepare with that material. And it's not just that. They have them smile when they deliver these promos. Like they're having like again, it's like they're kids, like they're they're playing as opposed to being more intense. Nakamura should be with a strict face saying he's gonna kick his head off. Yeah. That would be way whoa, whoa. than ah, you know, like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sensitive, need to face, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, right. uh, like I, I think, I think that, I, I think that with like with dominant characters, less is more. 
You know what I mean? Like I think when like the Bronze, the Oscars, the the, the Nakamuras, I think that with those characters, Brock. yeah, especially Brock's, because yeah. last time last, last line we heard from Brock was Paul say something stupid, and so that was that was bad news. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what, but with right. with the with a, the I don't give a shit about your kids. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was that, like that was even better. Um, but yeah, but with those characters, less is more. You know, with Paul Hammond, you have the mouthpiece. You know, unfortunately, Strowman, Nakamura, or Oscar doesn't have mouthpieces. So what you do is you have them kind of talk in the ring. I mean, that's what the dominant characters do. I'm going to say what I'm going to say in the ring. I'll drop a few lines. So you, you remember the back in the day when the Undertaker, the only thing he said was three words, which was rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And Paul and Barrow would say every single thing. And then at the end, he would say, rest in peace, you know, and, and, and animal would talk a lot. And then at the end, Hawk would say, oh, what a rush. I mean, that's how catchphrases <laughs> were so amazing back in the day, because they would be set up by other people. Nowadays, if you're talking so much and then at the end, you're saying nobody's ready for Oscar. I'm like, I don't care. I mean, you, you didn't set it up well. I, mean, I, don't, I don't really care about this catchphrase. Yeah, and they don't trust her enough. I mean, look at what she's been doing with The Miz. One, I think when she's speaking in Japanese and The Miz just does his thing, I think that's fantastic. But even when she's speaking English in those promos with The Miz, she's comfortable, they're looser with it. Like, how is it backstage in a, with a couple minutes prep they can cut a better promo than what all of WWE creative is working on and feeding her? Well, they're, they're feeding them those, too. Yeah, you know, well, those, those are. Do you ones. think they're from the mix match challenge? Because oh, yeah. the tone is different. Oh, they're very they're extra scripted. They're just taking the other person's catchphrases, turning Sometimes. it around. Almost every promo is like yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, maybe it's better because you say, "Hey, imitate this thing." It's just yeah. it's they're so short and they're backstage, not in the ring. But I just uh, I don't get it. And I think uh, with Nakamura, I mean, I could very much see him winning at WrestleMania. I think that'd be great. But I think they have to figure out going forward. I thought that promo he cut on Rusev, the Nakamura Day one. I thought that was really good. He's been his promos have been better, which is why last night was weird that they had him going back to giving, you know, more nuanced, longer uh, statements. Yeah. I don't see any need for for much of a promo for Nakamura. I think it I think it kills his character. Yeah, I think just a few words, no smiling, intense, yeah. um, look angry, and uh, and I think that would be way more effective. I think it would yep. make his character way more badass. Yeah, we'll see, man. It'll be interesting if Oscar and Nakamura are on the same show, post Mania, as champions. Yeah. That would be very fun. Cool. That would be yeah, no, very cool. Very cool in a lot of ways. But that promo aspect of it is going to be front and center in how I, they uh, present it. I kind of think Styles is retaining anyway. There's yeah. a part of me who feels the same, that feels the same way about that. Um, but I mean, I understand why they would set up Naka's, you know, big WrestleMania moment. But as I look at this angle, I'm like, uh, Styles actually may retain. Yeah, I don't know if they want to change uh, unless Styles is injured and needs to take a little time off. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to change all the titles, right? You know, you, they're definitely like, Reigns is beating Lesnar for sure. Do you want to change both world titles? I mean, hmm? uh, they did, did last, that last year. year. They did last yeah. year, but yeah. So that's why I almost think they they won't want to this year. I, don't I think, think they Styles wanna, is better in the it. chase than is the champ. I mean, I think that's constantly been the case. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. 
but they could keep this going. I don't think this is the end of the feud. I think they were great. Probably, you know, they need, <laughs> right. But I think the they, they need something assuming that styles or Nakamura doesn't go to raw. The feud this. will be much better if Nakamura wins, because then AJ will be able to cut these promos and tell this story and give his perspective where Nakamura, like you said, he doesn't have to say anything. He just gets to be the badass champ. Mm-hmm. He AJ's beat him again. Champion, you know, I think AJ is going to go to raw though. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that'd be bad for him, but I could see that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think SmackDown's a better better place, but I definitely think he's. Uh, I, I strongly think he's going to Raw. Yeah, we'll see, man. I'm looking forward to that superstar shakeup this year, seeing uh, where everything falls. So let's uh, let's do so let's ask some of the people in the chat this yeah. too. If you could, if you could exchange three people from each brand to the other, who, who would you pick? Hmm. That's a very good question. Um, good, yeah, go ahead, go for it. Uh, well, I, I would, uh, I've said this plenty of times here on the show. I would move uh, the, if I could pick three people. I would move Finn the club to SmackDown and be the dominant uh, heel heel team heel heel uh, faction, um, and even feud with Nakamura. Go back to the whole uh, New Japan days. Why not um, for Raw? Um, I think Orton needs a shift. I'll, I'll be I'll be fine with Orton over to Raw. Um, Rusev over to Raw, I'll be fine with as well. And um, I'll probably move a female, so maybe Becky Lynch. Yeah, Becky's good. That'd be a good mm-hmm. one. Um, someone Christopher saying Finn and Bailey to SmackDown. I could I I like both of those. Uh, I I'd do Rollins as well. Um, the Miz needs to go back to SmackDown now with Daniel cleared. I think he's doing yeah. I, I think he's doing fine on Raw, but yeah, I could see that if but they that want to get that. That becomes the hottest feud on Smackdown. Yeah. I mean, build a show around that feud. Yeah. SummerSlam, SummerSlam, I can yeah. see that. Chris is saying, yeah, another one good one, Dolph to Raw. I think that doesn't hurt SmackDown too much, and it could spice him up a little. Same as Orton, I uh, I can see that, or maybe Rude. Uh, just people that uh, have star power, but you know, I say move Rude to Raw and have him be a heel. Yeah. Kareem saying Daniel Bryan styles and gender on raw. I think they'd all get buried in the shuffle. Natalie saying Becky to raw. I could, I think that'd be a good move too. Becky Sasha last night in that mixed match challenge match. Um, I mean, with the chemistry they had instantly, they've had great matches before. I think after Sasha Bailey happens, I think going back to Sasha Becky would be a fantastic feud. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of, speaking of rude, I think I think like you said, Raj, moving him over to Raw as a heel would be perfect, similar to what they did with Booker T when he moved over and uh, he became a heel and started feuding with uh, Christian, I believe it was. Um, and I think he went over to, I think he was a babyface actually on raw feuding with Christian. I think he went over to SmackDown and, and, and started his heel deal. Um, so coming to another brand as um, a turn to me, it actually spices up a character pretty, pretty good. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm wondering how soon we get the shakeup after Mania. I'm assuming we have the post shows, but you know, with the call ups and everything, when did they do it last year? It was uh, it was a month thing. after. It the, no, it was the week after. Sure, it was a week yeah. after the tenth, yeah. I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. You had the Monday Night Raw the next night, and then they announced it, the and then week. they did it the next week. Mm-hmm. Got it. What do you think we're getting as far as call ups from NXT after Mania? I could see AOP, maybe. I can see AOP. I can see Andrade, Cien, Almas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Gargano and Ciampa. Drew McIntyre. I, Gargano and Ciampa, man. Ugh, I don't like that one. Unless I don't I, see any, I don't, I don't see anything else for them though. I think this is like Organo's quote unquote fired coming back. Uh, by the way, that video with him chasing, um, you know, Champa who actually ran the stop sign is pretty funny. But the MVP of that video is uh, Otis Dojovic. He, I love that guy. He's he's absolutely amazing and super over. But I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I don't see anything else for Gargano though. The problem is, and I think they're fantastic on NXT, and I like them there. I, I just see them getting lost in the shuffle. Oh, I think uh, I think they'll be the wrong. big story on Two Hundred Five Live. Yeah, yeah. but the, if you move to Two Hundred Five Live, <laughs> I think that's worse than NXT because it's it's <laughs> it's got lower exposure, except for the the weeks where they're on Raw in a quiet match. Uh, but other than that, NXT does higher ratings on the network. Yeah, and it's a hotter show. You're in front of that hot crowd, whereas two hundred five live, it's a, it's a you know a quiet crowd, um, and I, I think there's no advantage to two hundred five live except you get to be on Raw once in a while. Well, and it's a weekly TV series. If you're on NXT, chances are you're on NXT television maybe twice a month tops. Because yeah, two hundred five live is starting to come like that too. Yeah. Like everyone's not on every week, so. Um, yeah, Man. which I think is good though. I think it's yeah, good. I think it's good I, I, yeah, if you're not on every week, I think that helps your character. Like when when NXT did that a lot. When Shinsuke was champ, and even when Shinsuke was like the main event player, they would announce him being on the next week. Yeah. So so yeah, I think it, I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah. So anyway, the, a little over uh, a week away. Uh, women iconic duo. I could easily see that uh, Ember Moon. Yeah, but then what's the NXT women's division look like? Probably Shayna Baszler. Baszler, Carrie Sane. Yeah, I can see that being the big feud this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, it's exciting. Week away. Chris, when are you going to Louisiana? Thursday. Nice. And Roger, you're going next? Uh, Thursday as well. It's Thursday to Saturday. So I'll be back here uh, uh, for the uh, TakeOver podcast that we'll be doing. Nice, man. I'll be at TakeOver. Very cool. Nice. Uh, real quick, uh, and we'll do a couple more questions. Yeah, uh, please. Um, uh, for people uh, that are subscribed to the podcast version right after this, uh, you'll listen to some flashback interviews of my interviews last year with Bill Goldberg and Kurt Angle, uh, since they're two big stories heading into WrestleMania. Um, Goldberg talks about how his match with Brock Lesnar went, uh, who, if he came back, who we'd like to feud with. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an edited version. There was also a lot of stuff we were talking about stuff he was doing that summer. So, uh, that stuff is out. And then same thing with Kurt Angle. We talked about, um, him coming back into the fold, being brought on as GM, uh, interacting with Vince again. Again, some stuff is edited out because it, it was, it's no longer relevant, but, uh, they're about 10 minutes each. So if you're an audio cool. subscriber, it's going to be on right after this. Oh man, that was rough with Kurt last night in the mixed match challenge. Did you guys see that when he came out, Betchy Lynch? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He uh, he botches so much nowadays, though. Yeah. Uh, real quick, do you guys catch uh, mixed match challenge? Yes. Yeah, Becky with Bobby Roode last night picked up the win over Finn and Sasha. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's going to be Charlotte. So she was just a replacement for one week. It's going to be Charlotte and Bobby Roode against Miz and Asuka next week. Which is crazy because if Asuka's streak is on the line, is Asuka going to beat Charlotte twice in one week? And, and if Asuka wins, wins Tuesday, 
no suspense for you're uh, assuming that Oscar's winning at Mania. I don't think she leaves Mania with the title. I don't uh, think you can streak thing that much to get rid of it this quickly. I, I yeah, don't think they're I fully agree. invested in it. I just think like the way they've been booking Oscar, and I think th- they've been having Charlotte lose so much. It's almost like either Charlotte's going to Raw because they they do that for whatever reason. They they have yeah. a territory <laughs> mindset, or yeah, they act like they're leaving the company, so they'll have them lose all the time. Yeah, as Ken Ander, as as my my buddy Ken Anderson would say, leave uh, looking at the ceiling. Yeah, yes. right on the back. <laughs> but I think I think I think Charlotte or Carmella is leaving WrestleMania with that that title. Well, I can see Carmella pinning Charlotte, interfering in the match, and not giving Oscar when turning it into a triple threat. But I guess that would still silly. that would still count as a loss. If this if this mix match challenge oh, counts yeah. as a loss, then wouldn't that? Yeah, yeah, because they're selling Oscar's streak on this mix match challenge every time she's on there. Yeah, so stupid. <laughs> I mean, for a variety of reasons, but that match last night was fun. Uh, again, Becky and Sasha, you know, and again, uh, we talked about this before. Go back, man. Becky, uh, or pardon me, Sasha and Bailey uh, takeover gets you know all the accolades as it should. But man, Becky and Sasha takeover unstoppable, fantastic match, and it reminded me last night of that of how much I would love to see them go again. Jacko Bean noting that Charlotte defeating Asuka makes sense in the same arena that the streak ended. I don't think it's uh, that <laughs> near as big a deal as that, but it would be, a, it would be, a, I think it would, be, it would get a reaction. Yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty good point. Uh, two streaks in uh, within four years. Yeah. Um, Both shouldn't, though. I still don't think Taker streak should have ended at, at 30. I think they. I think it should have if they thought that was his last match. I still think there. There's too much equity in that to not pass that on. Yeah, we'll have to. Agree I agree with. with I, I, no, I agree with Austin though. I, I, I. He didn't think so either. I don't think so. Like if if they did it, I, I don't think Lesnar should have been the guy. Yeah, I mean, if if they're full on with Reigns, probably it probably should have been him. But I think at that year they did think that was going to be his last Mania. So yeah, he looked like it. He, he looked. He had the Uncle Fester uh, type of look to him, and it was it was actually worse than last year. I mean, I was at Mania last year, and it was brutal to watch Taker go against Reigns. Physically, yeah. I thought the worst he looked was thirty. Thirty was yeah. Thirty was tough. Yeah. But um, well, see this year, man. I mean, do you think that's why they're keeping him off TV in the build? I mean, I'm I'm hoping it's the opposite. I'm hoping that. He's going to come back, and people are going to go, oh, my God, this guy looks so refreshed. He looks a lot better than he did last year. I hope that's why they're keeping him off TV for that surprise. But then they brought him out on TV for that Raw 25. uh, I don't know. I I think that whole Taker Cena weird uh, build has just been weird. I think – I mean, I know people think that it's because the show is loaded already. It doesn't make a difference, and it probably doesn't. But why not build it properly anyway? Hey, let me ask you this. I, I had a weird thought this morning about that. So with Cena, and we've seen all the animated GIFs and the screenshots of him doing the mannerisms and imitating <laughs> Taker. Do you almost th- – I mean, I had this image today. I was like, are they going to go fully with this and have Cena come out to do the Taker entrance to no. serve people? <laughs> like, he's goading him, him into it. Why so. not? Monday on Raw, we hear the gong. <laughs> Cena comes out in the hat and the trench coat. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. Why not? I mean, like, here's here, here's the thing. It's gotten it's gotten so bad 
Like, how worse could it get? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you got, yeah, if you got into the point, like, if you're going to embarrass yourself, embarrass yourself. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it, like, you can't be a, a bad, you can't be an embarrassing embarrasser. You know what I mean? Like, the, I think it, well, for Cena, if you're going to, if it, like, the, the, the feud and the, the build is already terrible to me. Awesome. And if you're, if you're always, if you're already going to make yourself look like a butt, like, just do it all the way. Why not? Just, just at least get to the point. At least get to the point where we're laughing that it's so bad. Now we're cringing. Like get to the point where we're laughing. I mean, you got two of the biggest stars, the last taker, you know, since like nineteen ninety one, yeah, and Cena of the current generation, and that's what we're doing is we're laughing at it. It's sad that that's what the build has been. Yeah, <laughs> it's, been sad. it's been sad. Raw opens <laughs> or closes. Cena coming out to the gong. Bookend it though, like bookend it. Yeah, I, I would bookend it. Have Cena come out to the gong in the beginning of the show, and then Taker come out with the gong at the end of the show. Yeah, I don't think you should have Taker come out at the end because so many point, people turn out in the third hour that I think you need it at the beginning so people point, know that this match is actually happening. Because you'd be surprised. We assume that everyone knows that that match is happening, that it's clear, but there are a lot of people that are like, are they not doing it? Why aren't they doing it? Like, they should just do the match. And it's like, they are. It's, you know. I think they'll take her to Mania. I think maybe maybe Cena comes out and does that, and the lights go off when it comes back on. There's just like a big piece of poster board with a note See you in New Orleans, signed (laughs) T, you know? Yeah, it'll be a tombstone with uh, Cena's name on it. That yeah, they, actually that would be uh that'd be kind of cool, but that would be cool. Yeah. But they need to do it at the beginning of the show and show it over you know, you know how they repeat things over <laughs> and over. They need to do that so it's clear to everyone that that match is happening. Yeah. Um, did you watch 205 Live? Anyone? I did not. I did. I heard it was good though. People liked it. It was good. It was dry uh, for most of it, as uh, typical. Um, but I was—I uh, love the four-way. I'm really high on Buddy Murphy. I think that I think it's a very good spot for him to be utilized in a 205 um, because you know they they made him tag champ in NXT and he just went downhill from there. You know him and Wesley Blake, um, and, and so now they're they're just kind of repackaging him in a really good spot. And uh, I love the uh, Murphy's Law. I think it's a great finisher, and I think uh, he looks he looks like a million bucks. And why not give him a shot? Yeah, I think, I think, I think though that it's starting to because um, I think the wrestling on that show is really good. It's different than uh, anything on anything else. Um, mm-hmm. But the the dead crowds are really starting to affect it. Like they're yeah. not changing. It's not changing, and the lack of star power and interesting characters. Uh, it just seems like a bunch of guys that just regular guys uh, getting in the ring and having good matches. And they need to, I don't know, they need to have some real good angles and some good storylines because it's just kind of it's just kind of there. The sit down interview between speaking of sit down interviews, the sit down interview between Cedric and Mustafa Ali was pretty good to me. Yep, but again, the, yeah. neither of those guys come across as having any charisma. They come no. across as good dudes and like this is uh, that they're living their dreams and you, you're happy for them. But and it's not- funny how you say, yeah, it's funny as you talked about like soft spots for people. <laughs> and it's like, I feel that towards Cedric Alexander. He's a very nice guy. I've had him on my show before. So I've got a soft spot for Cedric. You know, his his character is his vanilla is ice cream. But at the same time, you know, it's like he's so good in the, in the ring and I'll pull him for him. But it, the, the most cringing thing, and I'm, and I'm 
an Apollo for Cedric stops when when he gets up on the steps and he tries to uh, like elicit the cheers from the crowd and like hardly anybody does anything at that time before it goes in the ring. I'm like, oh, stop yeah. it, said, stop it, stop it. Yeah, I love Cedric too, but I think he's just been on that brand for so long and it's been during such a, a dead period. Again, they need to move that show. They need to move it to where the crowd will react. And yeah. that, that'll help yeah. immensely. And then, because you do an angle now or a storyline now, you're just going to get silence anyway. So unless you have it in a different crowd with a different reaction, um, those storylines won't get over anyway. So Here's a question real quick. Uh, who, who do you think, and this for the chat room, I suppose, as well, uh, who do you think from 205 Live roster, if you had an opportunity to draft, since we're going in threes, uh, if you could draft three people since, you know, the Young Bucks just moved to the heavyweight division, who would you move <laughs> to the heavyweight division from 205 Live you think could be successful? Well, that's a good question. Mm. Drew Tony Nese, maybe? maybe? No, Tony Nice, I think is he's one of those that we were talking about earlier with the narcissistic, uh, trying mm. to, you know, that <laughs> that bland character that people see through and it just doesn't. No one cares. You he looks what? like a million bucks, though. He's just so underutilized to me. And his character just sucks. He can't combine the two, the body with yeah. the, the character. Uh, yeah. I'm feel saying Roderick Strong, a couple of people saying Drew Gulak. Gulak, yeah. Cedric Alexander. I could see if you put a couple guys in the tag team, but there's no one on 205 Live that I think could be successful as a singles. Hideo? Oh, Hideo. No. You saw him on Raw. Like, no one cared. (laughs) I want that payoff. I want him to come back and get revenge on Kevin Owens for that beatdown. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Christopher saying Cedric Drew, Roderick Strong. Again, I just don't see them being successful. They'd be on there. Uh, They'd be utility guys. But Are we getting the tag team titles? They're in a tag team. Um, Are we getting tags on the 205 live? We're getting. Yep. Yeah. There's going to be tag team titles introduced after WrestleMania. There you go. Overload. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Not a At, At least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Overload. It's gonna be a 205 Live Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, right. <laughs> 205 Live Flyweight Champion. Your television Champion. <laughs> right. All right. Man, uh, it's good. Good week. Uh, anything else we didn't cover? Raj, has WWE done anything stupid? Any uh, social outrage or wrongs that we need to right in the world? <laughs> uh, I think uh, we got all the, the the political stuff out of the way on, on Monday. Hogan, so we covered yeah. two big things. Hey, hey, so on the Hogan piece, did you actually have a black guy on the podcast? Oh, no, we thought it would be far more interesting for three people not African-Americans to comment. Oh, perfect. Hey, I'm African-American, guys. Hey. Go ahead, Glenn. Quit. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Chris, Chris what's, what's your take on it? What's your take on the whole is it, is it already Mark Henry uh, speaking on behalf of black wrestlers? I believe, didn't he call it like the coalition uh, mm-hmm. of black wrestlers said that he's not ready for Hogan to come back as, as a fan uh, of color. What, what do you think? Um, I, I, I think I'm okay with them coming back. Um, I do, I do think that, uh, Hogan, um, I think, and I'm sorry, is a little bit, uh, is, is, is minimalizing it. 
You know what I mean? Uh, because how, how far does an apology go, you know, if you don't back it up? Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I think with, with Hogan, um, I think backing up his apology uh, would have more resounding effects on uh, his African-American fan base than just saying, hey, guys, I'm sorry, brother. You know, it was a bad day. And I mean, he's, he's had like three or four incarnations of excuses, you know what I mean, or, or, or reasons why, you know, he said what he said. You know, here here's the thing. I mean, people make mistakes. People slip up, um, you know, uh, did he really mean that? Is it, you know, that he, was he really upset that, 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 uh, brick was dating a black guy, you know, uh, they could have been the alcohol talking, you know what I mean? I've had, I've had over a hundred guests on my, on my show. And, and I usually try to throw in a Hogan, uh, question to any, um, any black guests. I had, I had Ernest, the cat Miller on my show last night, I threw in a Hogan question of, uh, of how, um, you know, he, how people treated him backstage or how he was treated by Hogan backstage. And he actually said Hogan was vouching for him to win the, the WCW world championship. So, uh, yeah, so very interesting stuff there. And so from all the accounts that I know, from the wrestlers I know who are black and from the people I know who the wrestler I know who hung around Hogan, um, it's been pretty common that he's not like that. You know, he, he's he's not he's just not um, you know, there's there's other names that are like that. But Hogan is t- typically not the person who is synonymous with having a certain feeling towards black people. So personally, me knowing that I'm more forgiving uh, toward Hogan, but I think from a, I think from a wider base, I think that he, I agree with Mark. I think uh, there's a little bit more than just, I'm sorry to back up your apology, make it a little bit more sincere. Um, by, you know, I think he took a picture with like Mike Tyson uh, right after that. And I was like, oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, that, don't not, do that. Yeah. yeah. Open more <laughs> questions than. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. That was that was that was stupid. But um, but, you know, uh, t- time heals wounds mostly. And I think that, uh, you know, if Hogan comes back, I think both black and whites uh, will give him a resounding ovation. We shall see. Uh People are speculating that he could induct Hillbilly Jim into the Hall of Fame. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I think that's one thing. I think for me, specifically when we're talking about the night, it's the idea of him coming back as SmackDown general manager or, you know, to the raucous applause of a WrestleMania crowd. But similar to the Andre thing, if he wants to do something in historical context as a one-off appearance, I mean, that's far different than bringing him back in a major role. In the yeah, don't bring him back as a general manager because, you know, huge characters like that, if we see them every week, I think it dilutes it. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to see like a Hogan or Sting as general manager to me. I think I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't they, agree they with They dominate that. the other stars in terms of exactly. power and size in Kogan's case. He'd be bigger than right. guys. Yeah. Yep. No, agreed. Well, there. there well we said, go. Chris. All right, guys. Um, Audio version. Check out uh, Kurt Angle and Goldberg interview coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back here Monday night. Go home show for WrestleMania. Monday Night Raw. Me, myself. Uh, me, myself. Me, Rosh. <laughs> and Mr. Matt Morgan. Uh, We'll be back here. And uh, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? 
Check out more Pancakes and Power Slam show. Uh, had the 313th episode uh, last night with Ernest the Cat Miller. Uh, the six-year anniversary show next Tuesday, and it's uh, aired on Facebook Live and also the uh, uh, Wrestling Inc. Facebook Live and Wrestling Inc. YouTube. So go check them out as well. Also, Blog Talk Radio. Download the audio interviews. And uh, I'll be at WrestleMania from Thursday uh, to Monday. I won't be at Raw. I'm not going to Raw. <laughs> I'll be back uh, at home before Raw but I'll be covering uh, from Thursday to Sunday. Cool. Follow at Chris Prolific for, uh, you know, if you're there and let's hang out and talk wrestling. Nice, man. Raj, what else is coming up on the site? We got those replays. Any other stories people should look out for? I got to uh, talk to Shane Strickland, who's challenging for the first MLW championship. He's been doing great stuff on the indies. Uh, and then Jeff Jarrett, my first part was up yesterday. Check that out. Uh, you can always go Wrestling Inc. under news, go to interviews. You'll see that. He talks about Daniel Bryan wanting to sign him in TNA, yada, yada, yada. And uh, yeah, that's uh, tons of stuff. Awesome, man. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Would appreciate a follow and a tweet. And uh, yeah, we'll see you back here Monday on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. It's a WrestlingInc.com exclusive. I'm here with the former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, WWF World Heavyweight Champion, the second ever WWE Universal Champion, uh, or sorry, third ever, uh, Bill Goldberg. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. And yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks. Um, you're coming off a, a fantastic WWE run. Uh, you mentioned in interviews how, how difficult it was physically to prepare yourself for the last run. Um, how, how are you feeling now? Oh, I feel great as I'm sitting in my massage chair doing this interview. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, how, how I feel now is a, um, is a culmination of 50 years of battering my body um, whether it be in football, whether it be in wrestling, whether it be, you know, just going to the, going to my Muay Thai gym two, three days a week. Um, it's, it's a, it's a life that I've accepted and a life that I wouldn't change for anything in the world. But at the same time, it's a, it's a life of pain. And it, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And you definitely had a, a very physical match with Brock Lesnar. I know there were a lot of people who were, uh, prejudging the match before it happened, and and it and went on to be uh, you know one of the best, if not the best, matches on the show. Uh, how did you feel the match went? You know, uh, firstly, I appreciate it. Secondly, uh, you know, I think we it was a it was a uh, a very tense uh, preparation uh, build up. You know, everything. I mean, you know, 13 years far removed from the business, 13 years removed from the match, um, you know, uh, and the way we went out, I mean, it was a different time. It was different circumstances. But at the end of the day, it was a negative in everybody's eyes, myself included. So um, to be able to have an opportunity to not necessarily erase that, but um, you know, put something ahead of it positive so that people don't dwell on that the rest of their lives and, you know, get a little retribution uh, um, and, and go out and, and show that I can still do it. And there are a lot of things uh, on that checklist going in that uh, I had to I had to take into consideration. You know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm currently writing a book about my, about my last run. I mean, it was... Uh, and there was a lot packed into a very short period of time. And 
at the end of the day, I'm honored, privileged, and humbled that anybody would think that I would have the ability to pull it off uh, and give me the opportunity to show that I can. Um, uh, from the first day to the last day, I had all the confidence in the world, but no confidence at all. So, but that's what drives me. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to trying to be humble in every respect, and and you know, sometimes having the negatives push push you to a point where you know you're you're in kind of a emotional tizzy about it. I don't even think I've ever used that word, but. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a mental lobotomy. It's a mentally lobotomizing situation that I can sit here and complain about all day long. People won't understand it, but at the end of the day, I was the luckiest guy in the world to get the opportunity. So, yeah. um, you know, people have made mention that I was oh so miserable throughout the run. Well, you know what? A woman is miserable throughout a pregnancy from time to time, but it doesn't mean that at the end of the day when she has the baby, it's a negative experience. Right. You know, um, I tell it like it is. You know, it sucks burping and farting all day because you're shoving your, your body full of, you know, fifteen to 20,000 calories to try to, you know, be a, a, a semblance of what you were back in the day. Yeah. And uh, there's certain things that are very difficult to do. And packing on weight, you know, at 50 years old is – is an extremely difficult was an, uh, an extremely difficult thing for me to do because when I was 30, I was trying to gain weight, um, you know, and your body doesn't react the same way. And you know, you're through the miles of of uh, you know the miles of uh, of abuse that you've put on it throughout the years, uh, whether it be on the field or in the ring. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it doesn't want to respond the way that it used to, but, um, again, man, as miserable as I may have sounded throughout it, I, I'm, I'm more than humbled to have been given the opportunity to, to make it happen. And it definitely did feel like for, I mean, I started, I started wrestling Inc, uh, you know, during the Monday night wars and, and, uh, it, I, I know fans, you know, from from that era, it, it seemed like they finally got the run, your run in WWE that they wanted. You know, uh, with, that they uh, kind of replicating the, the run you had in WCW and 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 kind of moving that to WWE. It, it, like it finally happened. It didn't really happen the first time, and it, it seemed like uh, fans were really happy with yeah. that. Well, I'm I'm like I said, man. I'm I'm just I'm really honored, man. Uh, I'm honored that. That people would think of it that way. I mean, obviously, uh, as a performer, you want the best for your character and your your business, and you know, well, you want to go out and uh, do the best that you can do, personally, professionally, and 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 personally and professionally. So um, it was a, a, I, I, it was a. <laughs> It was a, a wrong that was that was rewritten. Yeah. I believe um, whatever the circumstances may have been, at the end of the day, I think I, I the character finally kind of got what it deserved. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the character. Right. And how was it working with Brock Lesnar this time around? Brock's one of my best friends on the planet. He always has been, and he always will be. And whether you know we're adversaries in the ring. 
um, you know, it's a profession. So uh, it's an honor and a privilege to to step inside the ring with him, man. He's he's done a lot of things in his life, and he's uh, a, the utmost professional. And that guy can work his ass off, whether whether um, we showed two moves or two hundred moves, uh, whether it's the psychology or the the uh, the simple art of selling. Um, Brock Lesnar is one of the best that's ever been out there. So um, I I hope people can appreciate the growth that he has made as a, as a person and as a character throughout the years, because he's a pro, he knows, he knows what to do and, um, to be able to share the ring with him again, 13 years far removed from, from the last time it was a, like I say, man, I mean, I'd be, be beating a dead horse, but it was an honor and a privilege. Yeah. And given how tough it was, you know, you know, getting in shape and, and putting on the weight and everything, is that something uh, you can see yourself doing again? I was in the gym yesterday doing my Muay Thai. Um, I'm, I'm in the gym. You know, I took a month off. Uh, my body needed it. My body needed to recover from the toxic shock uh, that I, I kind of put it through. You know, uh, um, it was it was a very traumatizing physical experience for me. So, yeah, I, I let my body rest for a month, and now I'm back at it. Um, uh, personally and professionally, I mean, it's something that, that – I'd have to take into consideration if it was ever presented to me again. But um, as far as the physical aspect is concerned, um, as I'm sitting in my gym and looking myself in the mirror, going, well, "What am I going to do with this?" <laughs> so I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's, uh, it's an impossibility. But it might be an improbability if I ever you know, lace them up again, but Hey, you never say never, man. I mean, like I said, the last time it's not, uh, you never know who's next and you never know what's next. So if you were to come back uh, of the wrestlers today, uh, are there, uh, are there any that stand out that you'd, you'd really like to work with? Man, I, you know, there's, there's so much young talent there that has the possibility of being the next superstar. Um, you know, obviously the guy with the, with the, with the, the big push now is Braun, and unfortunately he's hurt. Um, you know, great kid, great work ethic, um, obviously great character. Um, you know, it'd be, uh, uh, I would be remiss in saying that stepping in the ring with Roman wouldn't be fun. Um, Corbin, you know, there are a lot of guys that are, that are worthy of, of getting their ass kicked by me, but, uh, <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, like I said, there's there's a lot of great people to uh, to leave this business with, and I think the stars of the future are uh, are just right on the cusp of, of breaking out. And there's a plethora of talent there that uh, I, I think could be the next big thing. Well, thanks a lot for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, where can fans follow you? You know, the best place nowadays, man, it seems like Instagram's taken taken hold more so than anything else social media wise. So Goldberg ninety five on Instagram and just plain old Goldberg on Twitter and you know, BillGoldberg.com and uh I'd say Instagram and Twitter are probably the best ways to keep up on everything that is Goldberg and Team Goldberg because we got a lot of things coming up the pipe. So stay tuned. It's a WrestlingInc.com exclusive. I'm here with 2017 WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle. Kurt, how are you doing? 
I'm doing well, thank you. Great seeing you back in the WWE ring and becoming a regular character again. Uh, how is it being back in the fold with WWE? Uh, you know, it's things are different today. I mean, uh, you know, I think that the WWE runs a wholly, completely different uh, program. Um, I, I like the fact that they are more of a PG show. Um, I think it helps from uh, being a publicly traded company to sell merchandise to children to being family-oriented. And, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that they've really got their stuff together with uh, the wellness policy, the drug policies. Um, uh, it's just it's a lot better atmosphere for the athletes. And the WB has been catering to the athletes the past 10 years better than they ever did. Yeah. And uh, you've had an interesting career because uh, you, you're remembered for, you know, f- having some amazing matches, but also uh, doing a lot of comedy in the past. Uh, then when you lost that hair versus hair match with Edge, it seemed like you kind of became a serious character, which has kind of stayed through your career in TNA uh, uh, until now. Uh, do you see yourself doing more comedy now that you're uh, a raw general manager or uh, do you see yourself kind of being a little more serious? I think you're going to see both sides. I, I really think it's ultimately up to Vince McMahon and, and Triple H and the creative team. Uh, it's really how far they want to go with it. Um, I, I do know that they, they do enjoy both sides, and that that's what they want from me. Uh, and, and that's what I'm going to give. I, I have a great opportunity to be the GM of Raw, and, um, you know, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, this came very recently. And, uh, you know, I think I had a lot to do with Mick Foley uh, having to have hip surgery. So taking this opportunity uh, just gets me one step, you know, further in the WWE to where, where I wanted to be. And uh, I like the position for now. Yeah. And, and did you find out about it before the Hall of Fame or was it kind of around that time? It was right around that time when uh, I met with Triple H and he gave me the news. Uh, he wanted me to start on Monday, and I believe it was Friday night right before I gave my speech. Oh, wow. And um, I, I I wasn't surprised. Um, you know, there were a lot of rumors going around, and Triple H reassured me they were just rumors. There was never uh, any talk of me becoming general manager until recently, and I think uh, – you know, uh, I know a lot of, uh, I don't want to say, I don't like to call them dirt sheets, but uh, <laughs> a lot of sites, you know, that were saying that I was going to be the raw GM, but um, they were they were wrong because uh, I would have known that whole time and <laughs> nobody contacted me. <laughs> gotcha. It's been an amazing story seeing uh, the, the rough times that you've had and coming back to where you are now. Uh, you know, Diamond Dallas Page was in the Hall of Fame uh created the ddp yoga app which has helped you know many many people and now uh you've you've created your your own app uh the angle strong addiction recovery mobile app from anglestrong.com when did you first get the idea for it i've had the idea for a couple years uh you know when i when i got out of rehab and i will tell you this there there is when you're in rehab it's easy to stay clean no matter what anyone tells you you go through detox when you get once you get through detox you're on a, a nice regimented diet. You're on a fitness program. You're going to class. You're learning about your disease. Uh, you're going to sleep. You're getting eight to ten hours of sleep a, a night. Uh, if you want to go to bed early, if you want to go a little later, but you're going to get your eight hours. It is the healthiest, uh, you know, point in my life I've ever been, and and because there's structure. Uh, but once once you're done, there's no structure. You got in the real world, and now you're in chaos again. 
and and you're asking these people, recovering addicts, to stay clean after they just had, you know, one month, two months, three months of peace and uh, structure. Now you're telling them to go into an unstructured world and stay clean. Um, that's why 95% of them, even more, 98% of them relapse. It's just, you know, it's a fact of life. There's no aftercare. There, You have AA meetings and NA meetings, and if you want to pay for a counselor or a psychiatrist, uh, you know, which could be pretty costly. Uh, but if you're a, a father of five and you're married and you have a job and you're working quite a bit and you're very active, it's really hard to get to... Uh, AA meetings every single day. Uh, I do highly condone AA meetings, but um, at the same time, I don't believe it's enough structure for uh, people to stay clean. Uh, so I thought about making an app and, and having a program uh, on, a, on a website that people can follow, an initiative. And I looked for an app for a couple of years, and I, I, I wanted to start creating my own. And I ran into a gentleman called Dr. Jonas, uh, Harold Jonas from Tampa, uh, I believe he's from Tampa Bay, Florida. And um, we, uh, he already had the app. It was HIPAA approved. Um, you know, it was an award-winning app. Uh, it, it did everything that I wanted the app to do. And uh, we decided to team up together. So we created the Angle Strong app and we brought it to the public in January. Just wanted to ask you one last question, uh, you know, with, with your highs and lows, coming back, meeting with Vince McMahon again, you, uh, you met with him for the first time after 11 years before the Hall of Fame. Obviously, you've seen him uh, several times since then. Has there been a thawing out process at all over the 11 years, or is it kind of just back to where you, you guys were now? You know, with Vince, um, you have to remember, he's he's always thinking. He's always got something on his mind. Um, so... You don't know which Vince you're going to run into. You know, one day he's going to hug you and, you know, talk to you for 20 minutes. And the other, next day, he doesn't have time to do it. You know, uh, Vince is a very lovable man. And he, um, and, and when you're good to him, he's good to you. Uh, he's uh, always been that way. And, and he was my father figure for a long time. Um, but when I stopped listening to him is when, you know, the heat came between us. Uh, but we didn't talk for 11 years, but once once I saw him, the first thing he wanted to do is he wanted to hug me and just hold me close. And uh, it was really cool. I just thought that, you know, wow, uh, you know, we didn't, you know, we parted. It, it wasn't ugly, ugly, but it was, you know, we, we both didn't get what we wanted. That's basically, you know, uh, I didn't want to leave and Vince didn't want me to leave. But the, the issue was... I, I didn't want to stay under circumstances, and he didn't want me to stay under my circumstances. I didn't want to get clean, and 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 I also didn't want to work full time. So there were, you know, there was a battle there, and we just couldn't agree. And uh, you know, uh, you know, Vince lost his best wrestler, but I, I also lost the company that made me who I am, and uh, you know, and, and gave me the opportunity to be able to perform the way I did. Um, you know, he, Vince is the one that came up with the Kurt Angle character, and uh, he had a great writer named Brian Kowarts that uh, worked very hard at, uh, you know, uh, molding that character. So uh, I give Vince a lot of credit for, for the success I've had in pro wrestling. Well, uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a great, uh, great idea. Uh, you know, I hope uh, people check it out. Uh, as, you know, if, if if you are in recovery, the Angle Angle Strong Addiction Recovery Mobile app from AngleStrong.com. It's on the App Store and Google Play. Kurt, I know you're a busy man. Thank you so much. Thanks, my friend. Take care. Okay. 
For all the latest news and interviews, WrestlingInc.com is the only website you need. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.